welcome to the first episode of uh, Marvel's Ace Content Enthusiasts, uh, also known as Mace. Um, we are going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, as the season progresses. Um, we'll update you with any news or anything like that as well with the MCU. Uh, I know a lot of fun stuff has been kind of teased lately. Um, and somehow there's already like all this information on the Loki show, even though, <laughs> I mean, we're what, at least eight weeks out from it. So, um, I, I don't know what's going on with that, but hopefully, you know, not too many spoilers before we get there and we'll be able to continue this with each of the shows and the movies that come out. Um, but first, uh, we'll just dive into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So episode one, uh, New World Order, directed by Carrie Skakland. Um, I feel like the last show, WandaVision, had a lot of excuse me, a lot more directors that I knew off the top. Like, as soon as I saw their name, I was like, oh, I know that person. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Carrie, honestly. Um, but I thought the episode was great. I thought that it it explained a little bit more. We get to see a little bit more of, like, post-blip life rather than WandaVision, which is very, like, self-contained. Um, we don't get to see a lot of the outside world. So... I thought it was interesting, interesting dynamic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that was one of the elements I enjoyed most about it. You brought up a good note. That's probably the one thing I failed on is, like, looking at the directors, like, more of the crew behind these shows. Because uh, <laughs> I I really enjoyed WandaVision. Um, I had no problems with anything related to that show. I enjoyed every episode. But, yeah, like, I do need to probably go back and look at the directors and the crew to see, like, who's really behind this because that could probably tighten some of the story elements for it. Um, but, yeah. I, I agree, like, this one, I get really fascinated when you humanize things. That was one of the biggest, like, when I watched this, I watched this a second time, and that was, like, one of the big things I was taking away is, like, the humanization more of these superheroes, these people that have all these abilities, but, like, it's kind of, like, toning it down of, like, What's going on in their day to day? Like all of this stuff just happened, right? You know, people are back <laughs> from the blip. Like this is, you know, um, Iron Man is is passed away. Like, how are we settling down? Mm -hmm. But they also did so much to bring in like these really high production values, and like I feel like especially this very first sequence with uh, Falcon, like up in the air with the two dozen helicopters and all the missiles going everywhere. They were showing that they're not stepping down at all from the level that we see in the movie. And also, they're just like, they're like, we have all of this money and we're putting every single cent up on the screen for you people. But it was really, really great. So I liked the mix of that, what you guys were saying, but down to earth, the human moments, like between Sam and his sister and uh, Bucky and his new friends, uh, but also having this spectacle to start off with. I thought that was great. Whoever directed it did an excellent job, especially with that sequence. It just, wow. <laughs> I agree. I, I And I think that that's all to thank from uh, The Mandalorian, where they were able to show that, like, hey, we can, we can put movie money into a TV series, and people are going to love it. And I, I definitely agree. I, I think when it opened and immediately were thrown into him flying through the air shooting at helicopters, getting in fights on a plane. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, what's going on? But I also want to say that I feel like early Marvel movies especially really lent more towards the classic superhero where, like, they didn't kill people. But I think within the first, like, two people he fights, he shoots somebody. Or he kicks a guy out of a plane, and it's like, well, that guy didn't have a parachute. He just killed that guy. And then, I mean, the plane, where's the plane go? They jump, they all jump out of the plane. No one's flying the plane. We're not even going to mention that, that it's crash landed somewhere. So, yeah, murder <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, blowing up helicopters and stuff. I, uh, I thought it was exciting, but I was like, man, I feel like you're doing a lot of terroristic acts fighting this terrorist like 
blowing up all this stuff, killing all these people. Um, I thought that that was like a, a little like bam in your face for the first episode. Uh, and it, it starts so high and then immediately like brings you back down to earth and is like, Hey, by the way, uh, Bucky's in therapy. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> like oh, 360. Yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. I agree. Like, that, that's the thing if you you look at it like you can look at that opening sequence in in some different ways like that would have been incredible to see on a big screen you know it's great to see that at home but mm-hmm. that whole sequence just felt like it was made to watch on a big screen which would have been really cool um but yeah so like I agree. That's I would say there's two big things to see in that opening sequence. First of all being is, yeah, things in the superhero seem to be getting a little bit more gritty. And not to steer this off topic, but we kind of get a little bit of that even in uh, Snyder's Justice League. It's a lot more gritty and violent to where you see these superheroes are meant to like, they don't really want to harm people, you know. You know, they want to take down the bad guys, but they'll do it in more of an ethical way when that almost seems like it's kind of going out the door now it's just like boom 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 like i get it this is like post blip so like they've been through a lot they're probably a little bit more edgier now um so i do agree on that point that was interesting to take in because i did think a lot about that um the other one is we also get an introduction to this new organization called laf which this looks to be that it's going to be specific to this show. So far, there's no real connection to that and the comics. So I'm curious to see down the road, like, you know, who's behind this? Will we get more Easter eggs that tie this into the comics in some way? So this is this is one aspect of the show I'm going to pay a lot of, of attention to. I do like the... Uh, I, I really liked them bringing back George St. Pierre. Um, I really liked his character and... Uh, Winter Soldier. So it was interesting to have him come back, mainly because, I mean, if you remember in Winter Soldier, I mean, he's basically hired by S.H.I.E.L.D. to take this ship. And so you're kind of like, well, is he is he just kind of like a freelance bad guy? Or we don't really know like where his affiliations lie. And so in this, for it immediately to be oh, yeah, he's back. He's the bad guy. It's like, well, hold on. You've already tricked us once. Is he the bad guy? Or is this some sort of like weird government conspiracy to kick off the new Captain America's career or something? You know, like, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely interested to see where they go with it. Yeah. Um, I think what we've learned through WandaVision is, you know, this can go in a lot of different angles. So, like, we don't want to, like, you know, kind of, point fingers and say oh this is totally going to be this because it could be next episode it could be anywhere in the series they could flip it on us and it's going to be something we've never expected before i i also wanted really quick to mention um so we have uh this new like i don't know bad guy cell um but then we also have the flag smashers I, we don't really know if they're connected i mean they kind of seem connected but they never really say like, oh, they're connected. Mm-hmm. It's more like, here's this scene to kick off Falcon Winter Soldier. And then here's this other group that's come up after the blip. But we don't really like why we're LAF trying to take the senator or not the senator, the whatever army general. Because you would, th- I mean, that kind of like, I don't know, I could see that going in line with the Flag Smashers. So in my mind it immediately pulls back up like okay well this was this first thing was fake right like the flag smashers have an agenda we know what their agenda is we don't really know what the other agenda is it's just kind of like oh we're chasing them because they have this guy we have to get him back they're also apparently very well funded and very well organized like they came with a plan yeah yeah, yeah, they had like full attack helicopters and stuff. I mean, it, it it didn't seem like a group of guys hiding in a mountain stealing Stark tech. You know, it could just be with the flag smashers. Could just be this element 
that you get in a lot of post-apocalyptic type things. Like all of this stuff has happened. So you're going to have this group of people that just feel like, well, you know, everyone's in chaos. Everyone's trying to get back to normal. We just kind of have a little bit more rain where we can go terrorize and do what we want. So it could just be that kind of like type nod. Maybe they'll have more of a bigger play down the series. Um, I hope it doesn't get too crazy. Like I, I hope we're not getting these layers and layers of all these different organizations where it just becomes a mess. You know, I would hope that in the series that they either do connect them in some way or they just kind of like we figure out like who's the bigger threat and maybe the other one just kind of like they deal with them and it's let's move on and focus on this bigger threat. And I know they, they introduced uh, Lieutenant Torres, which, you know, in, in the comics, Torres takes over the mantle of the Falcon, but it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a guy in a suit. He's literally a man bird um, who takes over the Falcon. And this brings me to a huge point for me, which was in the, in the credit sequence, um, at the end, we see a banner that says Power Broker is watching. Power Broker is, uh, I don't really know what to call him. He's like a villain, but also not necessarily a villain. I don't know. He's weird. But he basically just experiments on people. And he's the one that actually gives Torres his bird powers, if you will. Um, so... I'm interested where this is going because now we're into more of this like scientists creating powered beings. We already know from the movies that there are, there's more super soldier serum out there. Um, and again, that can even lead back to the flag smashers where they have their super soldier that shows up, you know, is he a guy using some serum or is it, perhaps we're like leaning more towards the mutant abilities and trying to introduce the X-Men, but like very slowly. I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're back to WandaVision where it's like they give you a little bit of something. And then the next episode, they turn it around and flip your head upside down. And you're like, Whoa, hold on. <laughs> now I've got to look into power broker more is, does he have any ties into like the X-Men world? Um, not necessarily. Um, he's, he kind of pops up all over the place. Uh, he's sort of like Taskmaster, Taskmaster, uh, who's like a villain for some people, but then other times he just kind of like pops up and does something and you're like, oh, hey, there's Taskmaster. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit more like that. Very well to that point. Yeah. You know, you know, Marvel could, you know. Disney team, they they may look at this as a character to just be one that they could just throw in and bridge these different universes. So that is something keep an eye on for sure. I just hope it's not like a. I mean now, now of course saying this doesn't make sense, but for me, uh, Zemo was like a big one that they they brought in for the Winter Soldier movie and then beat him, and now he's gone. And I was like, but he he's like a He's like a big bad villain. Like you, you threw him in this movie and took him out almost immediately. So it's it's exciting to see like okay he's back. But but before this it was kind of like oh man I kind of hope they don't do that with a bunch of like bigger name characters that they just like throw them in to be like hey remember this guy all right he's gone we got him. I mean Thanos was what like twelve movies right in the making right so. <laughs> You know, you can't you can't be giving us the big bad, the next big bad, and then take them out immediately. You got to build up this story, which I, they do a really good job of. So yeah, I was wondering if the uh, super soldier that uh, kicked Torres was Zemo because they were like focusing in on his eyes, and I thought he looked really really familiar. It could it could literally be nobody or somebody we're gonna meet down the road. But I thought, is that Zemo in a wig? I mean, it definitely could be. Uh, you know, I, I think that it was smart of them to to mask everybody. And then that way it, it kind of like, who is it? Is it somebody we've never met? Is it somebody we know? Maybe it's it's the new Captain America. Maybe it's him. And they're just <laughs> creating dissent. So he has somebody to fight against. I mean, sure. 
but could be sharing. We don't know. <laughs> exactly. But now, now this sounds like it's kind of creeping into what happened with WandaVision, right? Because with WandaVision, there was back-to-back-to-back clues that were all leading to, like, this one specific person is about to be revealed, and they never were revealed. So, you know... That's where that's where I'm gonna be a little weary with with all the fans because depending on how the next two episodes, I would say like at least within the next next two episodes go, if there's gonna be a consistent clue that leads to something, we're gonna start seeing fans are gonna say this person is going to be this person, and with WandaVision, it was kind of set up where everyone was expecting that and it just didn't happen, so. I'm a little cautious about that. I hope it doesn't go crazy like we did with WandaVision. I definitely agree, but I think that they know what they're doing. WandaVision was one that I I felt like they 100% from the beginning they knew what they were doing. They told everyone, "Hey, you know, here's this cool show. It's about WandaVision. Ooh, it's crazy, creepy." And so they they knew that they were catching everyone's attention. They were going to lead them down a path and then at the end be like psych that wasn't it gotcha and i marvel does such a good job of that where they make you think you know exactly what's going on and then the last second boom it's something completely different yeah um but not in like a way that you're disappointed like i I don't think that i was disappointed at the end of wandavision right i was like oh okay well cool like you're kind of leaving this open to there being something else or this character that you've been, you know, leading us to believe is going to show up. Well, now they can show up later and it still be like, Oh, so they were leading us down that path, but it's different. Yeah. True. So, true. And, and I feel like a show like, uh, WandaVision was very, like I said, was very contained into the town. Uh, and the only time we see outside of the town is like, immediately outside of the town mm-hmm. um whereas this i mean we're back in society so we're getting to see everyone deal with the problems of the blip and being gone for five years and um i think it was something that you brought up luke was the money issue mm-hmm. um that like they were trying to get the loan and he was like you're an avenger though right like surely you get money and it's like well even if they do get money, he's been gone for five years. It's not like he was just raking in money while he was gone. So mm-hmm. you have to believe that in that five years, things have changed so much for everybody that they can't just kind of expect everything to be normal. And I feel like some of the characters in the show really portrayed that, like really showed off that like, hey, it's been five years and people have been gone and society's wacky and weird. But then other characters like the uh, waitress that Bucky was on a date with. I mean, I don't even know that she mentioned Mm -hmm. the blip. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing that like some characters talk about how hard it is and other characters don't even mention it. And it's like, well, seems like a big deal to me. Yeah. Yeah. She also kind of laughed at his age. (laughs) I always thought that was humorous. Like, how old are you? 106. (laughs) Like, haha, you're so funny. <laughs> Maybe it's kind of like COVID and everybody's just tired of talking about it. But it has to come out sometimes. Sure. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, yeah. Um, and I feel like we'd probably get a lot more of that dynamic within, like, the Spider-Man realm, you know, because you're dealing with, like, the teenagers, the high schoolers going into college. So mm-hmm. they probably are, you know... Would I feel like they would be the ones that kind of talk about it a lot more and it kind of gets to the point of like, all right, I'm just irritated. Let's just move on to something else. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, so uh, one thing that I kind of wanted to know is like, what do you think there are going to be any other big cameos? Um, we did get uh, we did get one. I mean, Don Cheadle was in this, so we got to see his character for a little bit. So, yeah, we'll be curious to see if anyone else shows up kind of going back into like the whole monetary thing it's kind of like he's in a position to where like as an avenger he probably like gets so many perks that you know he probably doesn't have to worry about his money in in terms of like business because it's just like oh i need to go see dc i can just go on this jet and just fly there 
whatever. Like, right. you know, I've got that kind of perk. But when you look at the day to day life, it's kind of like total opposite of like my family has this business and they're about to shut it down because we didn't make any income. It's very fascinating, right. like how you can that split there. Um, well, and it was interesting that that like even even being an Avenger and having like perks, they still weren't able to get the bank loan. And it was like, oh, but why not? Like, I mean, you got to know he's good for it, right? He's an Avenger. <laughs> so I, I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Then part of, yeah. <laughs> part of that was a little tacky too. It was just kind of like, you know, I'm more or less a celebrity. So let me use that to see if, you know, we should be able to move forward. <laughs> So I guess um, there's one one big thing I, I wanted to talk about for sure, and this is where I think most fans are going to really like, this would probably be the big moment for most fans, and that's going to be the introduction of Bucky. And this goes in, so I think this whole series is going to be about personal dilemma. I feel like that's what's kind of, you know, both of these guys, you know, outside of being an Avenger, they've got their own stuff they're dealing with. And eventually they're going to meet together. And I think they're going to have to use that to help one another to keep moving forward and more or less find some peace in what's going on. But, you know, with Bucky, it's going to be more of PTSD. So the big moment was when you see him sleeping on the floor. And this was a big nod to the Winter Soldier uh, where Sam and Steve have this conversation about, you know, when they were overseas, they were sleeping on the floor. That's what they were used to. So when they come home, sleeping in a bed was like lying on a marshmallow. And it just made them feel uneasy. So I really connected with that scene. I think I think that's where most fans are really going to connect. And that's what's going to draw them in, especially to Bucky's character and see how he's going to develop. I was going to say, my entire, the entire episode, my favorite moment was uh, whenever Bucky was in therapy, and he was describing how he was trying to do one of his uh, making amends things, and it showed him approaching the car, and whenever he goes down to uh, talk to the lady after, you know, planning the thing in her vehicle and all this other shady stuff, uh, the smile he gives after he says it is so awkward and perfect and hilarious. Like, he's, he's trying his best, but smiling does not come naturally to Bucky anymore. And, like, mm-hmm. I made a lot of notes about Sebastian Stan's facial expressions in several scenes of this. Like, bless his heart, he does so great with, uh, with Bucky as a character. Um, but that moment was simultaneously really funny and really, really sad. Like, he has so much trouble connecting to people on any level. Even his therapist is calling him out on it. Like, she's borderline mean to him, saying, like, you're 106 years old. I'm no friends. You've been avoiding everybody on the phone. You've only talked to me. That's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, and and that was one thing that I I really liked about that scene too was the the camera work, um, just the the like weird intense close downward angles upward angles all like everything was so close that it it made you uncomfortable and I feel like it you got a sense of what Bucky was feeling in that situation like he was being he was being grilled by this lady about stuff that he doesn't want to talk about. Like he would rather deal with it himself than, than talk about this. And so you got to kind of be uncomfortable with him in that situation, which I thought was really, really cool uh, to, to not only see it, but be able to like feel it. I was just going to say him figuring out what he wants is clearly going to be his big arc in the series. Cause whenever mm-hmm. Marcus asked him, he said, all he wants is, peace and she's basically like well you're not going to get that and if you do get it it's going to be worse for you because again that's that isolation that he's Mm -hmm. dealing with and so it's probably going to be like you just need to make friends but i'm hoping that i'm hoping that he takes it a step beyond and finds some kind of some kind of purpose like what is he going to do we feel like uh, sam is going to be working towards taking up the mantle of captain america at least that's what i think his arc is um but what does that leave for for Bucky, what's he gonna do? He's a former assassin. What is his path? True. Yeah, is that one he just can't get away from? You know, I think you brought up a good point. It's like, you know, um, you know, Sam could be like, I'm dealing with this dilemma of my family. For me to get peace, it needs to make sure like my family's taken care of. 
we can get our business back in order and all of that's taken care of where Bucky, maybe he accomplishes and goes through his list. But what happens when he hits the end of this list? What happens when every name is scratched off? Like what's who's left? Who's next? Because if he's not connecting with anyone, then that just leads to emptiness. And maybe that just kind of like puts him on a very dark path. So it'd be really fascinating, especially if this is going to tie into future films. It's like, is he going to be a villain or is he going to find that peace and kind of rebuild the team to keep moving forward for whatever the next, you know, huge villain will be to fight. Well, that kind of, uh, preemptively makes me want to talk about, uh, my thoughts for this show and where it's going. But I feel like Bucky is such, such an important part of this, but I think that he's going to be, the character that helps Sam take the mantle. I think Bucky is going to be Bucky again, but this time for Sam. Um, And in the end, I think that he just talks so much about like the peace that he had in Wakanda and how comfortable it was for him there. I, I could see this show ending with him going back to Wakanda and whether that's like going back to Wakanda to like, disappear and just like live there and we never hear from him again or going back to Wakanda to show up in Shuri's Black Panther movie or or something like that where like now he's just part of Wakandan life and he's getting to kind of escape the outside world yeah um but he, I mean he is a super interesting character to me Wolverine has always been my favorite Marvel character just because of like the turmoil that he has to deal with as well as being the superhero and i think that bucky is borderline pulling in some wolverine vibes now um dealing with these things and it's not just dealing with them off camera it's like putting us in the situation too where uh one thing that i wanted to ask you guys is would you tell yuri if you were in his position and you killed his son i mean he, I feel like he's like building this relationship with this guy instead of just telling him, and it's putting it even, it's making it even harder. Yeah, well, it's either it's either a gonna make it harder, or that's what's gonna make it easier. And it's like this is the band aid you got to rip off, Bucky. Like, come on, you're gonna have to do it. Um, I guess the big question is like, is this gonna be the hardest one to do, and this is what's gonna be in the finale? Or is this something he just needs to get over with early in the season to really move on and progress? This is the, that this is a heavy one for sure. He's definitely gonna have to. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't see him backing out of doing that when clearly his list is really important to him, and it's kind of like all he's working on in this first episode. He's talking to his therapist and he's trying to make his amends. And the fact that he's gotten really close to Yuri, I think it's going to make him feel like he owes it to to him to come clean about what happened to his son. And for all we know, Yuri probably has a lot of questions about it, what exactly happened. And Bucky could at least offer him that. But I, the one thing that I worry about is I don't want it to be... I don't want each episode to be him dealing with the next person on his list. Um, I know that it was kind of like... Easter eggy. If you looked at his list in his book, um, there were like a couple names from the comics or a couple names of people that have worked on Marvel things. Um, so it was kind of like, oh, okay, well they can't like literally go through the same list. But in my mind, I was like, I could see this easily becoming like a crutch that they lean on. Not that they've done that in other Marvel stuff. Um, but I've also watched a lot of terrible TV and know that it's real easy for people to just kind of fall back on that. Like, well, here's something for them to do while the other person is doing this. So, and it's like, I get it. I get that he wants to work through this list, but I don't know that I want to see a new person on the list every episode. I think what would be very satisfactory to me is a moment where Bucky is relying on that list and it just gets torn 
like like a very big connection moment of like you got to get out of this man like yes like you can get through this list but is that really going to bring you peace like it needs to be like that really heavy emotional moment between these two characters where he kind of gets him to like man <laughs> more or less man up like like you you know you you've made the amends like you got to move forward like I, I think like that, that that would be really I think that would be really cool and really connect these, you know, these two guys together even more. Yeah. You know, kind of one of those I'm interested to see them meet. Yeah, like when they meet. Yeah, exactly. Like when are they going to meet and and will it be this moment of like think about like what would Steve want for you? Like kind of put in that perspective. And maybe that's the moment that really moves Falcon, like, do I really need to be the next Captain America? Which I almost feel like we got a little bit of that at the end of the episode, um, seeing uh, seeing the new Captain America, which is kind of where I wanted to go next, um, just talking about, oh my gosh, what is this Captain America? Um, one of my favorite comic book characters based on name alone and i literally know nothing about them other than their name and kind of like what they do is u.s agent that is a ridiculous <laughs> superhero name that like somebody thought was so funny and then they made it this character and ugh. but uh so that's john walker and that's who presumably we see um i think that's been confirmed in the cast list um of this character but it was crazy to see him a with the shield b he's got a gun on his hip right which like yeah during world war ii cap had a gun too but other than that he didn't really use it yeah so that was interesting and then his new outfit is like very like guardians one mm-hmm uh, or even like comic book guardians of the galaxy. That's what it looks like. So it was just like, Oh my gosh. And then he gives that like nod and wink at the camera and you're like, Ugh, I hate this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing? Um, and, and I feel like we, it brings up another, like, here's the government kind of tricking Sam out of having this shield so that now the government can have it and give it to new captain America to be like, look, we have Captain America. And it's like, but do we... Yeah, hey, Captain exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that just layers in, like, who's really running that show and what are their motives? Because exactly. now, that you, now that we talk about it and think about it, maybe that's really the biggest... What if it's Loki? See, okay, I've heard, I've heard this theory that that Loki is Captain America, or is like faux Captain America with the wink and the smile, and I like that idea because I think like, okay, you're giving us, you're kind of leading us into the next show, but I just feel like for a six episode series to pop him out in the first episode, that's a long time to build yeah. up to. Loki. Would Loki allow himself to wear that unflattering of a costume? I feel like I, I think he would. He made that like a weird looking Captain America outfit. So he'd be like, oh no, we do not like this at all. <laughs> I, I, I want, I kind of, kind of think that that's, it makes sense that it could be Loki only because in my mind, this new Captain America is going to be like the pseudo villain of the series um just in the fact that like they're gonna make him like this i don't know crazy aggressive captain america that like nobody really wants uh and so sam and bucky are gonna end up having to fight him at some point to like get the shield back or take the mantle back or something yeah so, so this is so now i'm starting to think of like which this isn't even marvel related but like the boys have you have either of you watched yeah. that like almost in a way has that kind of feeling to it like you know you've got some kind of organization that's kind of running these new superheroes quote unquote and like kind of has that feeling to it as well which is kind of interesting mm -hmm. 
Oh, and that's like Cap's whole thing, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. reason the Civil War happened was that he didn't want the government to control yeah. superheroes. And now we have the government not only controlling superheroes, but controlling Captain America. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, we've gone so far away from what Cap wanted. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like maybe at the end of this first episode, this was the moment Falcon was like, oh dang it i shouldn't have done that but at the same time i feel like his reaction wasn't as over the top as i feel like it should have been because like it's your fault man like you gave them the shield you could have just held on to it and been like no more captain america um not that he necessarily would have known that they were going to do that but at the same time it's like great Cool. Or this guy is just Casey Neistat, and this is just for his blog. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about kind of the the idea of Cap's shield and Captain America, the original Captain America, and like where what we think is going on with him. Uh, is he alive? Is he gone? Like, I mean, he still had the super soldier serum, so theoretically he could still be i mean i know we saw him at the end of uh in game mm-hmm. um and he's like older cap but i could also see them being like oh it's like he made himself look older to pass on the shield but now he's on the moon uh working with shield or something like that like i i feel like I feel like from a Chris Evans point of view, I know he's done with Captain America, mm-hmm. but I feel like from a Marvel point of view, they're not done with Captain America. Right. Um, and so I'm interested to see like maybe a cameo, maybe, I mean, so he's got to show up at least once, right? I mean, it seems weird to me that he wouldn't at least pop up maybe at the very end of the season in a post-credit scene yeah. just pop up like next to Nick Fury or something. Yeah. <laughs> or we're just going to get the classic like little videos he did where he like sits down, you know, we'll just get, yeah. we'll, I'm sure they've got like a whole library of those that they just probably filmed and was like, we, we need these on reserve for something. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. But they're just gonna send send Sam messages. Yeah. So like the, the on the moon thing was really fascinating. I I dug into that a little bit and you know, one of one of the notes I had was um there's a magazine in the Marvel universe called The Pulse. And uh it's kind of like this funny little alternate reality type magazine newspaper, but they reference a story about someone seeing Captain America walking on the moon. So it could just be a nod to that. There could be, you mentioned shields, maybe sword, maybe something to do with yeah. like sword could be on the moon. Um, is it a reference to inhumans? Could this be getting more into like other things? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Like I, I've, I'm kind of leaning like this is just one of those WandaVision type things. And all this really is was just a nod. Um, I think in realms of seeing Captain America, like maybe we'll just see the various like propaganda form. Like you get a lot of that in like the museum and, you know, he'll probably be referenced again, Um, which even side note is Iron Man. Tony Stark going to get referenced again because, you know, he's he's such a big part as well. I feel like he could get brought up, but probably not as much. But uh, for me, I think I would just love to see one of those old like old, old clips of him just kind of giving a message. I think that would be great. That's what I'm hoping for. I was wondering what the official story was about what happened to Captain America. Did he just like disappear and everybody's wondering where he went or did they tell people like he was killed in the final battle or what, what does the world think happened? Aside from, you know, conspiracy theories that Sam flew him to the moon. I was trying to figure it out. Like, whenever they were in the museum and they had mm-hmm. those plaques up, and one of them said a final mission, I was like pausing, was getting really close to the TV, trying to read what it said. And it was mm-hmm. too blurry. And I was like, dang mm-hmm. it, I have no idea. I was going to say, uh, I know, um, I guess people are able to watch it in like a higher definition or something, but there are screenshots online now of uh, 
of those plaques in that exhibit that you can read. And really, they're just kind of like um, quick synopsises of like the synopses of the past Avengers movies. Um, they're just like, oh, this this is when he met the Avengers and they fought this. And oh, then he, you know, Bucky, Bucky helped them out in World War One, and then turned it into a villain. And then he fought Bucky to bring him back. And so it's, it's cool, but it is just sort of like a synopsis, but it does leave that off like where it, it doesn't really say, it says that he helped fight to save the world or whatever, but it doesn't say what happened to him after that. So it is interesting. I was able to read the Bucky one, but I wasn't I wasn't able to read nearly as much of that one. So I wasn't sure if it was on purpose that they make that more blurry, but... It's possible. I mean, I, I feel like they definitely, with this show, are, it seems to me that they're trying to make it so we don't know. And they're trying to be like, ooh, where, where is he? And that's why I feel like he's going to show up, because they're... Yeah trying so hard to make it seem like we don't know where he is it it could go that route or they could they could do something where they just really close his chapter which would be interesting to close it in a series versus a theatrical film if they want to truly truly close it you know yeah and and maybe like as much as it sucks to say like maybe at the end of Endgame, that was them closing it. And now this show is kind of like just trying to get the notoriety from it to like mm-hmm. bring more people in. But but really, like that was his closing. And yeah. now we're just figuring out what's next. I feel like uh, Steve is dead. I think that he is definitely dead because at the end of the museum scene, Sam is standing there all by himself and his eyes start to fill up with tears. And I think that if he even had Steve around to like consult with about all of this Captain America stuff, he wouldn't be feeling this adrift or maybe even as hesitant. Because if Steve was around, I feel like he'd tell him, oh no, you're good. You're, you're just fine. I know that you feel like you're not up to this, but you totally are. It's, it's, it's okay. So I think that he showed up at the end of Endgame uh, for a second, and that's probably, um, to me at least, the last we're going to see of Steve. I think he's gone. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good point because, you know, that that's a huge secret to carry. If you knew, like, yeah, he's still alive, but I only know where he is, and I'm not, like, that's such a huge thing to carry. It would change your whole emotional state to that point you know if you're if you're getting super emotional like that then yeah he probably is gone whereas if you know he's alive like i think this whole like demeanor would be very very different because it's like i've got a secret i can never share with anyone but uh, but on the flip side of that because like i did notice that and i was like i wonder if he's tearing up or like if if it's just like the lighting is making it look like his eyes are watery but i did notice that too but then i was thinking back to when Torres is asking him about like, Hey, did you fly him to the moon? And he was just so jovial about it that it made me feel like, ah, he knows he's got to know where Steve is. So I don't know. You know, we get two different views of the same thing going through his head and, uh, He's he's up there I with guess, uh, I guess you know only theory. time will tell. <laughs> it's the yeah. difference between a public moment and a private moment, though. Yeah, right. true. They want to put on a good face for Taurus. Mm. Also, just I know I love Taurus. He's such a fanboy for Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then whenever he's all alone, the weight of that is allowed to get sure. So that's how that's how I interpreted it. Because that's just me. I am interested to find out in this. I I just. I want the X-Men. I want it so bad. And so every chance I get, I'm like, "How is this? Is this it? Is this tying it in? One of the biggest things for me... Yeah. Oh, so close. The, uh, the shield. So Captain America goes back in time. So now, presumably, we're seeing different timeline, alternate reality cap which happened when they went and took all the stones back. So we already know that the timelines are all kind of split. There's different worlds. We, as viewers, are just assuming we're in the same universe. And, like, I don't know, during WandaVision, 
uh, when Rambo gets her powers, it's kind of like, okay, is she, is maybe the blip opened up people's mutant abilities or activated them or something? And that's how she was able to like pass through the barrier and get this ability. But for me, it was the shield. The original Captain America shield is made of proto adamantium. As everyone knows, adamantium is what goes into Wolverine, makes him Wolverine. Cool. So this being a new Captain America, clearly a newly designed shield. It doesn't look anything like the original shield, which got destroyed in, uh, in Endgame. So is this a new shield? Is it made out of vibranium? Is it made out of adamantium? Like, it's a completely new thing that came from a timeline that we don't really know anything about because we weren't there. We didn't see it. So... I also saw some stuff that was like, maybe it was made for Falcon. Um, just like the new design has a lot of like little pieces that look like they could come apart or come off of the shield or something. So people are thinking like, maybe it was a shield that cap developed for Sam and that's why he gave it to him. Um, so I just feel like we don't know yet. It's still too early, but this is my this is another glimmer for me of like oh there's a little tiny thread and I'm gonna pull on it yeah. so I guess we'll find out but oh yeah oh yeah keep in mind we got a brand new episode today <laughs> yeah it's true so what all is, is this gonna what all is this uh, gonna unlock <laughs> more threads for me to pull X Men X Men either um, that or or this could just be that filler episode the one kind of like filler we get yeah that's true just set up all the questions that will be answered (laughs) even more questions (laughs) as long as sam and bucky finally get together in this episode i'm gonna be really excited yeah missed that so badly yeah especially because i spent all week watching all these interviews that anthony mackie and sebastian stan did together and they just play off each other so well and it wasn't there right banking if it's this if it's episode two probably be at the end that's probably what will like be that kind of get everyone excited for you know the next one is like all right it's about to really get going when i i almost feel like that's a disney thing right like so far all the disney original shows have been like episode three is where things actually pick up at the very <laughs> end. So it's like, it was exciting yeah. that this show started so strong. Um, I think, you know, episode one, it had its slower moments, but it also had a lot of like action and, and story driven moments that were exciting that I feel like WandaVision didn't necessarily have. Like the first two and a half episodes of WandaVision were like fun and you get to, you're kind of like, what's going on? But like, there weren't any like big moments um, where this was just like, like we said at the beginning, like right out of the gate, Falcons flying around, blowing stuff up. We see Bucky as winter soldier, like performing a hit. And we see him like get this uh, Hydra agent that he's put in power. Like I, I, loved that part the whole time i was like oh my god it's like i'm watching like oceans 11 or something and he's like explaining it one way but we're seeing how how, oh it was great i loved it so i feel like i feel like you're right i feel like they're trying to expedite the process of getting us through the introductory episodes to just into the meat of the story so i could see it happening in episode two if they wait until the end of episode three before falcon and winter soldier get together What's the point? What? Why call the show Falcon Winter Soldier? Like, it's so weird that yeah. they've both mentioned each other, I think, now. Just get together. Just go to, just to work together. I don't know what's, like, what's the holdup? Yeah. It's sad that Bucky had ignored all his phone calls from Sam. Because, first of all, it seemed to me like Sam was just trying to be like, hey, bud, you going to this thing that we're doing for Steve? And he just totally ignores it because he can't deal with that right now. And, again, just Boys, I need y'all together. But do you think that all of his calls were like, hey, I'm going to game night at Steve's house. You want to come? Oh, hey, Steve and I are going to dinner. You want to come? See, I think this goes back to Steve's alive. Sam knows where he is. (laughs) He's with (laughs) Ant-Man. Now, now, more and more we're talking about this. I'm just like... I want I want a cameo from Ant Man because he was such a huge fan, you know, of yeah. Cap. Yeah. Um, 
Also, who doesn't love Polaroid? Right. But I, I could I could almost see that happening because he was such like a I felt like Paul Rudd's Ant Man went so well with Sam mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier that I feel like it would be a fun dynamic to have him join them, even if it's not for long, maybe a couple episodes to talk about quantum realm stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like they could definitely bring him in and, and it wouldn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't feel like they shoehorned him in there. Yeah. It would be like, Oh yeah, it's, totally. I get it. hundred percent. Would love that. I just saw wrote down about a couple more things about Sam. Uh, first of all, after his big opening scene, with the flying and all the, you know, unambiguous murder, they make a point to show him uh First of all, working on Red Wing, and they mentioned that's like Stark level technology. So he's like got crazy engineering skills we didn't know about until now, and also just you know pops off some Arabic. <laughs> so I feel like mm-hmm. they're going all in on trying to make Sam seem like as cool of a character as possible, which is no hard because he's already really cool. And also, and this is probably just <laughs> something that bothered me in his uh, scenes with his sister. I'm like, dude, just let her sail the boat. She's been the one in charge of the boat this whole time. She knows. And she keeps telling him, like, I know what it's like to run things, and you haven't been around because you were in the Air Force, and then you were blipped out of existence. And so I was literally, like, yelling at the TV in front of my husband. I'm like, just sell the boat. (laughs) It would help solve all her problems. And I understand he's trying to hold on to that legacy from his parents. I understand this arc. I'm just like, listen to your sister, okay? She seems like a strong, capable woman. Knows what she's doing. She knows that this is best, even though it's hard for her. Sell the boat. Well, maybe the boat is Sam's list. Yeah. Uh, You know, like maybe mm -hmm. at some point we see the list get destroyed and that's a changing moment for Bucky. Or maybe sometime we see the boat get destroyed. That's a changing moment for Sam. Bucky's got plot as a list. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a that's an excellent point. Yeah. And yeah, we probably should have talked about more of that earlier, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. Like that could be his moment of like she's been running the show. I'm trying to step in and do all of this stuff when really I just need to back off. And that's going to kind of like be that peaceful moment of like I'm going to support you. You know, you kind of know what's been going on. You know what to do. Like, you just go take care of it and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it alone. Also, I don't know if Sam is from Louisiana in the comics, but I know that Anthony Mackie is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was something that was based in the comics or if it was kind of a nod to him as an actor. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Because, yeah, I, I just watched the, uh, the Hot Ones episode where they kind of dive into, like, why is, why is he living there? Like, why did he choose to move back there and, like, raise his family there and stuff? I didn't know he had done a Hot Ones episode. Yeah, yeah. Information. Yeah, go, go check it out. It's good. <laughs> All right, well, I think that about wraps it up for episode one. Um, like I said, I think maybe next week or the week after we'll do, a, like, a double episode um, to kind of catch up. So we can talk about things like Isaiah Bradley, which is one of the moments that I wanted to talk about. And then it already got confirmed. So uh, yep, I just saw that. <laughs> yeah. Got to got to catch up. Um, but yeah. So thank you guys so much for meeting with me today. Chit chat about the show. Super excited to see where it goes. Um, we'll be back again next week uh, with with the next episode that dropped today. So Don't forget to go watch it, take notes, uh, and join us for more fun discussions.